Hello, this is Abby. Dear Abby, this is gonna be a long one. Oh boy. Dear Abby, how do you tell the difference between a new exciting crush and a rebound? Does it matter? Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Dear Abby. Welcome to our little corner of the internet. This is the Dear Abby podcast. I hope you stay and hang out with us. See you in a sec. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dear Abby podcast. I'm just kidding. That's not how that's not how uh, I start my episodes. Just felt crazy. Feeling crazy today. Uh, Welcome back for real to another episode of Dear Abby. I am your host. My name is Abby. And (laughs) Uh, I was about to say thanks for coming today. (laughs) which is so weird I'm not I don't know why I was gonna say that you know what it's I'm tired I'm very tired right now I'm I just got back from the gym like an hour ago I stopped by Chipotle to get food and I ate a ton of food and now I'm just like I'm tired and I'm full which equals equals more tired tired plus food equals more tired I've also just been really scatterbrained lately. Like the past 24 hours have just been, it's one of those days where my mind is going like a million miles an hour. And I'm just, I'm truthfully, am like just witnessing it. I'm just like watching a circus go down and it's just like goes from one thing to the next to the next to the next. And it's like, there's nothing tangible and everything's just like very all over the place. Every different topic, you guessed it. And that always makes it really hard for me to podcast because I can't focus on podcasting. Like I can't, I cannot think of what to say before I say it. And whatever I do say, it doesn't make sense. So I've just been waiting to feel more normal to record or less weird. And then, then I could record. I've also just been in a bit of a depression uh, bout. Don't know what that even means, but I've heard people say it. And I've just, I mean, I've dealt with depression in the past and just the feeling of just complete, just total apathy and feeling exhausted. Just, I just want to sleep. I just want to lay in bed. And it's not just because like, I don't have anything to do. I have a lot that I want to do, but every time I do anything, it just feels like very unrewarding and I don't feel good after and I don't feel good during and everything just feels pretty pointless. Um, I just don't really care that much about stuff right now. I'm just trying to be completely honest. That happens. I mean, thankfully depression is not something that I struggle with like every day for the past like 10 years, you know, I've been depressed because I know that that's people's reality and they've tried a bunch of stuff and it doesn't help and You know, it kind of bugs me when I see people post about like the only people I'll listen to is if they legitimately were depressed for so long and they did something that really worked because then they can speak on it when people maybe had like, I don't know, they just there's too many weird motivational things that are like if you're depressed then just do this and it solves it. And some of the things just like don't work. There's just something stickier. And that's what I'm talking about when I say depression is like just that really sticky apathy is kind of my experience 
and doesn't matter if I go to the gym. Like I was, I felt worse after, like I didn't feel accomplished. I just felt like that feeling of just eh, was still there and that's okay. So I'm just now, I tried my best today and the past couple of days and I'm going to give myself some grace and it made me think of what I wanted to talk to you guys about today and just share on the podcast some of the inner workings of my brain, which is a lot about shame, guilt tripping, or I guess just like chronic guilt. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. And I'll go into aspects of maybe why we feel shame, um, what shame sounds like, at least for me. And it's, I feel like it's pretty similar, but also pretty different. And it shows up in the way everyone experiences it. And then how to maybe rewire your relationship with shame. Yeah, we're just going to go into all of that. But first, we could talk about the fun stuff, which the fun stuff right now for me is I have been playing Lethal Company. It's a new game that you can play on the PC, and it is so freaking fun. It is so scary, though, and I hate games that have, like, jump scares that you have to think very uh not yeah rashly and I just uh, I just am so bad at those games but it's really fun you basically okay hear me out if you don't know what it is I'm shocked first of all because it's all over the internet that I think it has a hundred like ten thousand reviews and they're all it says overwhelmingly positive and I believe it was one guy who created it and so he's now has like a whole team because it's just been it's just blown up which I'm so happy for whoever created it he deserves it or she I don't know who it was but they made an awesome game so it just makes me happy to hear when that happens the the game is about basically you are astronauts that uh somehow got a job for what's called the company which I believe is aliens it seems like from my experience and you're astronauts you travel a different different moons okay to collect loot and then you sell the loot and you have to meet quota by the end of day three or day two or I forget how many days it is and if you don't then you basically get shot out in space and you die spoiler alert spoiler alert uh that part scared the freaking shiz out of me that's legitimately my biggest fear. when that happened I had to throw my headphones off because I was like ah I don't like this at all I did not like the way that made me feel uh good exposure though you know good exposure random exposures gotta love that the best part of the game is that there's in-game chat so there's can be up to four people in one group and one spaceship pretty much and when you go loot these places you're in these buildings most of the time and the buildings are can be dark sometimes there's light spots there's doors you can find keys to open more doors and you basically just try to get as much stuff and go back to the ship and then you can sell it the best part is the end game chat because you can talk to random people online. I'll play with my brother Clay and then my cousin. Talking to random people on the internet has got to be one of the funniest things in the world because no one knows anything about each other except for we're, we're all spending time in this game. We're all, sit- we're all sitting at our computers in different locations around the world and we're all looking at the same things playing the same game. It's honestly kind of funny and that's that's why it's so fun. But I was playing with my brother and I recorded it and he recorded his basically how I used to stream, but I didn't stream it live. I just streamed it so I could have the recording. So I'm going to edit it and see from both perspectives and then post it soon. So look forward to that uh, 
my brother is hilarious. So, so other than that, I've just been, I have had a couple interviews and that's always been, you know, horribly miserable, but I did have a good interview the other day. So feeling hopeful. Um, another thing that I've been thinking about and struggling with this week is my hair. So I chopped my hair off a lot of it and it's pretty short when it's straight. Like I like the look of straight short short hair like I love there's something so cute and pretty about that look I think I want it so badly but I have curly hair so I can I just can't get it to look like that which like breaks my heart sometimes and I know I should be lucky to have curly hair because sometimes I just want different hair for a little bit okay there I said it uh but most of the time I do love my curls and I kind of go back and forth it's just not a big deal but uh when I cut my hair I you cut curly hair dry, so my dad chopped it, um, and I've had such a hard time styling it curly now and straight. Just I've when we first chopped it, it was easier for me to figure out how to style it. But then once I showered, and then I've been trying to figure out what I did that first time because now it doesn't look the same, and I can't get it to sit the same way every like every, I'm not kidding every single time it dries it looks like a different haircut which is really discouraging because it's really annoying when you can't just get a nice like you can't just let your hair dry a certain way and then you can wear it out I have to I have it up in a bun probably 90% of the time now but I love the short curls too I mean I love the short hair with the curls as well but I just don't like it right now because I can't figure it out I, every time I cut my hair it's like a whole learning process because I my curl pattern changes which is something really interesting about curly hair it's like no matter what length it is my curls change and where they curl is different and how thick and how uh, coily it is or not coily it's just really it's really a weird thing so wish me luck I guess on my hair journey and if you have short curly hair or just short hair in general please let me know what tips you have on how to style it because I'm having a really hard time, like really loving my short hair, even though I love it, but I, I know I could get there. I just haven't gotten there yet of how to get back to what I love about it. If that makes sense. <laughs> uh, anyways, hair problems. Um, we also had a girl's night last night. We did a gift exchange. A couple people got sick and were able to make it. So it was just three of us and it was fun. We had it was quite literally a gift exchange. We had some takeout and just talked the night away, took some photos. Well, mostly I took photos of them. To be honest, I feel very insecure in front of a camera right now. I, I don't exactly know why. It's just a classic like every once in a while. I just don't want to see a picture of myself. I don't want to get my picture taken. I don't feel very confident in my body right now. I haven't been uh, as consistent with some of the things that I want to be consistent with. And so if I'm not confident in that way, I don't want like I just don't want a lot of pictures taken of me. I'll eventually get back to that. And I, I do enjoy being in front of a camera sometimes. But I think I just also am not very good creatively with some of that stuff like everyone else's. And so I feel which is fine. This I'm just being I'm just being honest. I don't, I feel very like insecure taking, not taking photos. I feel very insecure being in photos. I'm not good at like 
being in group settings while taking photos, I feel really awkward. And I eventually don't want to feel that way, but that's how I feel right now and I've tried to accept that. And one day I'm sure I will feel totally comfortable and it will not be an issue. But for now, I still feel a little bit uncomfortable, which is funny because I've always wanted to be like to try modeling and to just model for fun uh, because it looks like something that would really push me out of my comfort zone a lot because I hate taking photos so much uh, that I kind of makes me want to do it. So that way I can get over this weird like hunch of it being a big deal when really it's just it's just not a big deal to take photos and to look silly and stupid to get a good picture that's just like not a big deal but whenever I try to take a picture or anything I just feel so stupid like I just feel really stupid and I have the voice that probably is kind of what we're going into today but it's just like highly critical and just makes fun of me pretty much. And I make fun of myself if I try to like look cute because I'm just like, I'm not going to look cute. That's just a phase because sometimes I'm not like that at all. And sometimes I am. And right now I just, uh, unfortunately, I'm just in that phase. So keep in tuned if I ever get uh, signed by a modeling agency, that would be awesome. I almost did, but they pulled the plug. I think that's all my life updates. I don't, I'm so sorry, you guys. I don't, I don't have like the best energy right now because I genuinely just feel really like deflated and I just want to be honest about that and not try to put on a show even though that's what this is but part of my show is not putting on a show you know it's weird meta thing uh shall we get into it let's let's get into it so we're talking about shame today and the reason I was thinking about this is because I have been in almost like a shame cycle a little bit again. And it's been actually kind of like a, a long time since I've been in this. So by long time, I mean like a couple of months uh, or a year. Like, I guess it's been a long time since it's been this often where I feel a lot of shame and like guilt. Uh, no, I feel guilt a lot, but shame. I think more so shame. When I went to the gym today, it kind of reinforced that I wanted to talk about it because I've just been really bad at dis- like disciplining myself into going to the gym and working out. And it's mostly just I don't want to move my body. I feel I feel gross right now and I don't want to move my body, but I really want to. You know, I know it's good for me, but I don't. I feel like so achy. My knees hurt. My back hurts. So my relationship with like exercise and working out isn't that good right now because I feel like no matter what I do I just I hurt myself and it doesn't matter how many YouTube videos and things I watch about how to do it correctly and the correct alignment and everything and where to focus your like which muscle are you trying to engage and you know all that stuff I feel like I just always end up hurting myself or feeling like not a good pain not like a good sore it's like a bad nerve tugging thing So it's just been really discouraging. So I just haven't gone. But I think it's just when I first start working out, that always happens. And then after a couple of months, I feel like my body just grows strength and I don't have the same issues, but I just haven't pushed past that one point, you know? Anyways, it's just, I'm struggling with that. And so it hasn't stuck yet again. So I was finding myself talking very negatively about myself and my discipline and you know my every pretty much everything about myself 
I had to catch my thoughts and catch that and just kind of redirect into giving myself some grace and compassion because if it was so easy and effortless for everyone to do it, then everyone would do it, you know, but it's really hard and it's okay if it takes me a long time to be able to learn how to really be disciplined in some areas. I'm really disciplined in other areas, but that's an area that I'm not super disciplined in right now. I used to be, not anymore. So it's okay if it takes some time to get back into it. And I just get really upset with myself and upset with like, well, I must just be weak. And I just start to use just mean words to describe myself. And that type of talking never has ever helped me. That only makes me procrastinate. That just makes me want to give up and not try again because because my brain is like, well, you know, you've tried this a billion times and you fail every time. So why would you do it again? And I just feel like that exact question comes up over and over again, especially in OCD recovery of like, you keep failing. So why are you even trying? And it's like, I find so much joy and value in the fact that you can keep trying over and over and over again. So I will keep going back to the gym. Even if it's like every week, once a week or something, I will start there, you know, and I don't want to rush it. I don't have to rush. It doesn't have to be an overnight flip of the switch. Everything's different and it's going to always stick for forever. I'm very, life is fluctuates and Yes, you should move your body every day. And I go on walks every single day, but I think it's more so I want to build up strength. That's one reason why I think shame builds up is because you think, well, I've failed in the past, so I should just give up and I should be ashamed of myself, just throw in the towel and accept just that I suck pretty much. (laughs) That's a way that I feel like it gets us and gets us to kind of throw in the towel or at least procrastinate actually trying again and another reason why I think we may be sometimes full shame or just I have like a little bit of this like guilt tripping ourselves and feeling never good enough is because we have so much information and so much knowledge at our fingertips about the best way the right way to do everything And it's all people's opinions and also some of them are facts, I guess, if you're talking like scientific research. There's a lot of information and it's very overwhelming to be fire-hosed. Basically, we're taking information in like a legitimate fire hose into our mouths is what it feels like sometimes. And we can't process and understand everything that we read getting that much information fed to you and knowing the best way to help your body the best way to do this the how to heal your relationship how to heal your mind how to heal your you know all of this stuff and we want to so badly to heal ourselves we want to so badly I mean you might not feel so badly but you consciously you're like yes I want to be better I want to better myself And when we have all this information and sometimes we don't get to all of it, obviously, we can't even get to like 10% of it. It's like we get to 1% at a time every day. Just 1% of the knowledge that we know is what we get to actually practice. But like that's what I feel like matters most is that 1% because you can't even take on the 
other 99% at once of all the things that you know you need to like get better at, the 1% is important. And just focus, like just this, just the 1% every day. So I think that's one way to rewire if that's kind of where maybe your shame is creeping in um, or just feeling almost like a perfectionist. And because we can't reach that, that's when the shame comes in. Uh, because a lot of the times we know what we need to do, but we don't do it. And that alone is like creates shame, obviously, and a lot of guilt. That's okay that we feel shame. Also, you're not doing anything wrong because you feel shame or guilt. That's a normal human experience. But the shame isn't like going to transform us. And it's definitely if we listen to the voice of shame, which is usually... I'm different than everyone else, you know, in a bad way. And what's wrong with me? And I should just give up. And I suck. And I always do everything wrong. And you hide away. You isolate yourself. You don't feel like you should be heard. You don't feel like your voice matters. You don't feel like your feelings and everything are valid. It's just not a fun experience. And I totally get caught up in feeling like I have to do everything really fast and efficiently the first time and that I need to be perfect or not even perfect that I need to have a perfect understanding of everything all the time (laughs) because we have so much knowledge. That's just, I think, a lie and just not important. And it just takes a lot of weight off the shoulders because you're probably taking on way too much and putting way too much pressure on yourself because for whatever reason you're trying to prove something maybe procrastination produces a lot of like guilt for me and shame because again it's like the knowing what you need to do but you don't do it and you I don't even have a reason ever I just don't do it like I just there's not like a deeper reason uh sometimes there is but sometimes it's just like I just don't do it and I don't I'm just tired I'm lazy And another main reason why I feel like a lot of people feel shame, especially if you have OCD, is just your the intrusive thoughts that you get. Your brain is, again, sending irrelevant information um, in the form of intrusive thoughts or images or whatever it is. And that can be very scary and also produce a lot of shame if you attach to those thoughts in a way that makes you think that that's what you desire or you're like well what if that's like how I who I really am and what if that's how I feel or what if I'm going to turn into that monster that produces so much shame and so that's why compulsions and rumination and compulsive behaviors are so not helpful because that just reinforces the shame and reinforces the guilt some of the things that are helpful that I've learned with shame is just to not have anything hiding like Anything hiding, what do they say? Everything in the shadows is like the devil's playground or something. I don't know. I don't love some of those religious things. Sometimes that kind of freak me out. But I think it's just whatever is feeling, whatever part of you is shameful, you really can still love that part of you. And that's it's kind of like a weird concept to try to explain. But for me, it just feels like whenever that shame part of me is coming up, I just hear, I don't know, I just feel like I just, the thoughts in my head are just going on and on and on about how much I suck pretty much. I will say I love you (laughs) to those thoughts and to that feeling of shame 
and I will place like my hand on my chest or wherever I feel the shame, I'll place my hand on it and just kind of rub it or um, pat it gently um, and say, I love you and I hear you. And it's like a very gentle approach to a very negative feeling, which I find is very helpful to recognizing that you can feel it and it's not going to take control over you or anything. So you're safe to feel it. And it doesn't mean that it's true because you acknowledge it. And it doesn't mean that it's right. It's just, it's a way that you kind of take back control when you have a lot of shame or a lot of guilt. It's a way that you can kind of take your power back, I guess, from it instead of letting it control your life. Because when you have a lot of built up shame, it really does control a lot of the decisions that you make and controls a lot of aspects of your life. The way that you speak to yourself internally in your mind and in your body and, you know, that's that's a real sign of if you have a lot of shame or not, because if you're really negative and not hopeful and just, of course, it's me, of course, I'm, you know, I did this wrong, of course. You take your power back by recognizing what it is. Then you feel it wherever it's coming up in your body. Then I usually talk to it (laughs) in a nice, gentle, like gentle parenting way. And as silly as that may sound for people who have really big feelings, this is especially helpful. You got to bring that shame into the light. If that makes sense, you got to bring it to the surface because if you don't, it will never go away. That stuff, that stuff never goes away unless you bring it to the surface, unless you bring it to your awareness and not let it hide anymore. Sometimes that just looks like acknowledging like I have a lot of shame that I carry because of A, B or C. If you know why, if you don't know why exactly, if you can guess, whatever. And sometimes just acknowledging that you carry a lot of shame and that it's heavy and that it's exhausting that sometimes is all it needs to get started on the journey of like recovering from chronic shame or just you know every once in a while if something happens or you just start to carry it and it gets heavier and heavier until you offload it I mean if you have a lot of shame and it's really like almost causing you to be depressed and like chronically depressed and other things it's just causing a lot of pain then I think you maybe that's when like therapy or considering professional help is helpful because then you're able to have someone navigate through it with you instead of taking it on by yourself. Shame is just like my least favorite thing, to be honest. It's like so hurtful and it sucks and it's so mean and it's just not true. Like it's just, it's annoying because it's just not true. So it just gets in the way. So if I could smash everybody's shame, I would. Because it's just shame like starts to lead people down. And it just brings you down and makes you feel like you are just horrible. And that's just not true. Even if you've made bad decisions, that's not who you are. Like your bad decisions are not who you are. And you can always change is what I believe. And the reason I believe that is because I have changed a lot of things about myself that I wasn't a fan of. I'm not perfect at those things, but a lot of things I don't even really struggle with anymore that I used to, that used to like control my life. So People can change and you can change. Anyways, I don't know. That's just my two cents on shame. I could go into a bunch of different details on shame. I'm sure. I mean, I've talked about it before on the podcast and I'm sure I'll talk about it again. So if you do feel that feeling a lot and you notice that you talk to yourself very negatively, just 
have grace to your just have grace with yourself and just you got to start somewhere you got to start where you're at to to kind of flip the script okay let's do a dear abby and then we can round out this episode let's go so the frenemy part of the podcast i guess will not be happening uh it's kind of hard to like get everyone to answer my calls I'm trying not to tell people beforehand because I want it to be a natural phone call conversation and they don't feel like they have to put on a show. It does make it harder though because if they don't answer then I don't have that segment for the day. So maybe I should just continue to tell people. Okay, here we go. We're doing a Dear Abby. Dear Abby, I'm calling because I just got home from my out-of-state college and I have a little bit of a problem. So I met my boyfriend there at my out-of-state college, and we've been dating for two months. It's been going great, but now we have to be long distance because he lives in a different state than I do. My question is, for the next month that we're apart, as well as summer that we're going to be apart, what are some tips and tricks that you have for long-distance relationships, um, just things to do with a long-distance relationship, or anything like that? I appreciate any advice you give me. Love the pod. Bye, Abby. Okay, long distance. I actually have done long distance um, one time before for maybe like four months. I think, I'm not going to lie, it was it was pretty hard to do long distance. If you're both two people committed to making it work, it'll work. So if you trust the person you're with, obviously, that they want to make it work and you want to make it work, it's like it'll totally be fine and eventually you might get to a point where you're like okay we like, we want to be together let's just like figure out a way to be together and then live our lives together somehow uh that's kind of what happened with me but some ideas for long distance i would say just prioritize definitely facetimes phone calls are awesome but there's something about facetime where it's like if you're studying or if he's doing something that he can facetime just even FaceTiming and just sitting in silence is always nice. <laughs> I like that. Some people don't like that, though. Your partner might not like that. Uh, but I love just being in the presence of somebody that I love. And it's just nice and comforting to me. And it just makes you feel like you're doing your own things separately, but you're doing them together at the same time. That's important when you're doing long distance. So definitely prioritize FaceTimes, which is pretty obvious honestly um i think honestly to also plan visits i don't know how far away you guys are but to maybe work some extra hours to save up for a trip to go visit is very meaningful because long distance is nice because when you do see each other it's so exciting and it's so fun because it's just you're so excited to be with each other (laughs) and it makes it more special when you are with each other because you don't take it for granted. I don't know how long you'll be apart, but try to maybe surprise him or try to come up with a way to meet each other somewhere halfway or something fun and exciting because when you get too much in the grind of your day-to-day for too long, then sometimes it's just the romance. is like you're, you still want it, but it's hard to get there again. So you just want to keep it alive by doing maybe something fun like that. Uh, Even if it costs a little bit of money, if you try to save up, it doesn't have to be crazy. It could just be literally one night in a motel, but just to hang out and spend time together would be fun. Uh, 
Definitely communicating what you like, what your expectation is with long distance is very important. And him as well, because you could be thinking, okay, we're going to FaceTime every single day. Like this is how we're going to make it work. Or we're only going to do this for three months and then something's going to change. I don't know. And he might have a completely different like, okay, I'm going to FaceTime her like once a week and then call her once a day. And so I think if you make sure you have a conversation of like, okay, this is what I expect. Tell me if those are crazy or not, but this is what I think I need in this. And hopefully that gives him the opportunity also to express what he needs and the expectations that he has maybe for a long distance. And so that way, none of you are like disappointed when, I don't know, your expectations aren't met, I guess, because they were never expressed. And that could just be even things like sometimes if I don't feel special in my relationship or I feel like I maybe just need and it's probably definitely my fault that I don't because I probably just am not recognizing certain things and I'm in my head. Sometimes I just will tell my partner that and be like, hey, I just don't feel very loved right now. And I know you've done like A, B, C. And I'm so sorry. I wish that it made me feel like how what the intention behind it is supposed to make me feel. But I just need you to, I don't know, like serve me more or like do something randomly nice for me and surprise me because that's what makes me feel loved. It's hard when you're not with the person to feel how much they love you or vice versa. So I think to know what little things you can do for him and what things that maybe he can do for you to make you feel like still really cared for and loved, even if it's just randomly by him dinner and Postmates it to him or I don't know, just stuff like that to make sure that he knows that you're thinking of him. And then, I mean, hopefully he does similar stuff. Yeah, when I did that with my ex-husband, I think eventually we were just like, let's just move together. I don't want to do this whole long distance thing anymore. Let's just move to the same state. So maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. Either way, it's fine. Okay, well, that was my episode for today. I just want to reiterate how much I appreciate you guys and also... I'm so grateful that you guys accept me at my worst when I genuinely feel so tired and so not like I really did not want to record this episode today and I haven't wanted to all week for some reason. Some days and weeks I just can't get myself to get pumped about the podcast even though I am but I can't get myself to that point sometimes just want to thank you for being patient with me and yeah I'm grateful that I have probably very understanding listeners who understand ups and downs of humans and also have been very yeah I think just understanding of when I'm maybe going through something with my mental state I don't ever feel judged or anything by any of my followers or listeners so I really appreciate that and you guys are very kind-hearted loving understanding people and that's very needed and very powerful in this day and age so so thanks for listening and i will see you next week love you bye she got my gin, I got Tashin' Gamga